Why should I care? So Toronto Council lost its court challenge. Remember, this is all about the slashing of the number of council seats from 47 down to 25. This is way back at the before times. I know, I know. Cast your mind way back to 2018. You probably remember a bit of outrage, a bit of pulling of the hair, renting of clothing, gnashing of teeth, that kind of thing. Well, then it works its way all the way through the court. And the Supreme Court came down with its decision. And let me just let me just lay this on you if your perspective is, this is about Toronto, I don't care. Well, part of the decision says this, municipal elections are, quote, merely statutory platforms without a constitutional basis, and as such, provinces can change the rules as they wish, and back to the quote, substantial interference. Barring substantial interference, essentially it says, yeah, you don't really have much of a right or a constitutional basis to a municipal election, the province can bigfoot it. Now you're paying attention, Hamilton? Now you're paying attention, London? Hmm? Because this has big ramifications for the province and the municipalities. Talk more about this. I am so pleased to welcome to the program John Mascaran, who is a partner at Aird and Burles and an expert in all things municipal law. John, what's your top line takeaway from this? The top line takeaway, uh, Alan, is ultimately... Things have not changed. The Constitution back in 1867 did not uh, enshrine municipalities as a constitutionally protected level of government. It said, and it's quoted right in the second paragraph of the decision, municipalities are mere creatures of the province. That's always been the case. It's what I had said originally, as much as I didn't like what the province did in this case, I said, I think the province can do it. So the takeaway is municipalities are creatures of provincial statute and the province can dictate to them what powers they have and take away any powers that they've given them. And that's what this decision says yet again. What I'm enjoying is the spin coming from the losing side, which says, okay, fine, we lost, but it was 5-4, we didn't lose badly. And also John Tory this morning saying, it made it all its way to the Supreme Court. That means that it had merit. The case had merit. Could you address that? Yes. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, uh, I didn't think it had much merit. And in fact, if you recall, the city solicitor in advising city council, when they said, we want to challenge this, she said there is no obvious path forward. But what they did is they came up with a very creative and inventive uh, view of, of an argument, a theme for the case, a theory for the case. I didn't think it had that much legs. And Alan, I got to say, I was totally blown away by Justice Bellabato's original decision where he said, actually, the province did wrong uh, because uh, freedom of expression has been contravened. Now, going back... Uh, I, I got to say, I think there is there was merit to the argument, and it is a five to four decision. And I think the judges could not have been more diametrically opposed. In fact, I think they almost take shots at one another uh, during the. Uh, uh, if you look at the decision, uh, the way it's written, uh, the, the majority uh, written uh, jointly by um, by uh, Justice Wagner and. Uh, and uh, Justice Muldaver, I think, uh, or sorry, Justice Brown, uh, actually says 
uh, Justice Abella all but ignores the decisive constitutional context in making her majority decision. I think there is a bit of a victory here for the city of Toronto, even though they're on the losing end. I think there was merit to uh, the city going forward. And I think the minority, the four judges from the Supreme Court of Canada who said, hey, we think that the, that the province did something wrong by interfering when it did in the middle of an election. So I think there is something here that the city can take away from and said, this was a valid fight that we fought and we fought a good fight. And in fact, we just, just came out on the losing end. You know, it's a split decision. So it is status quo, and it is a reaffirmation of the province's right to kind of move in and do whatever it pleases to municipalities. As you say, municipalities are a creature of the provincial government. What's that say to anybody who is right now pondering a run in any number of municipal wards right across the province? Well, and they will be uh, next fall, right? It's, That's uh, right. We're one year away. Twenty-two. That's right. We're one year away. So what what um, what uh, candidates for municipal elections always, always have to understand is they're not the federal government. Uh, they're not an MP. They're not an MPP at the provincial government. No constitutional protection for what they do. So anything that they do is really what the province has decided that they can do. And the province can take it away at any time. This really goes back, Alan, you'll remember, you and I are probably of the same vintage. Uh, I'm much older than you, of course. But look, you can go back to 1996, 97, when the uh, the Mike Harris government said, hey, economies of scale, let's amalgamate the city of Toronto. And of course, the the metropolitan Toronto and the six or, or seven local municipalities said, you can't do that. Well, the, the Ontario Court of Appeal said, no, constitutionally, the province can come in and with the stroke of a pen, abolish the existence of a municipality. This is pretty much a redo with the, with the additional uh, uh, dressing that, you know, we were talking about freedom of expression, which in fact, the court says right at the beginning, while cast as a right under Section 2B of the Charter, this really con- concerns provincial legislative authority over municipalities. So we go back to the same issue. John, great to talk to you. Thanks so much for helping us better understand this. Alan, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.